This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is up next. But first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. All right, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of coaching for Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the, the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer, what podcast would you tell people they need to listen to? Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. And that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have you with us. I'm Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable, and we're back with uh, yet another episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. And Lou, despite uh, some of the recent spring rains we've had in the uh, Chicago area, uh, actually our spring was has not been too bad. We've had a couple of very nice uh, weekend uh, days, and since uh, we're still on lockdown, of course, the car show season has pretty much been kiboshed but it seems that people are enjoying the uh solo driving experience once again because i've uh, had several of my vehicles out uh on the roads just to kind of uh free my mind and get away from it all for a for a few minutes and you know we always want to talk about stuff that happens in our own car life here on uh the car guys report and i always like to talk about what we see spotted on the roads and uh, since all those other people car guys are are uh, enjoying their outings in their cars, Lou. I've found uh, or seen some kind of neat stuff on my rides lately. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I saw a, a Corvette C7, and I'm going to call it a track car because it had this uh, crazy fluorescent two-tone wrap on it. And it had, you know, I can't even describe all the different things that the wrap had, but it, it I think it had some like checkering and things like that. on It looked like it was a track car. I don't know if it had any sponsorship decals on it, but the uh, driver of that car was uh, out on the uh, on the roads enjoying it on a, a very nice uh, spring uh day and then uh, this you might know if this is an original color or not i saw a nice 65 mustang hardtop but it was kind of a bronzy color do you know if that would be an original color or do you think that was a repaint was it like a was it like a copper yeah exactly yeah i i think that may be a a factory color i've i've seen that uh uh color before now i don't know if i've maybe seen that exact same car you're seeing <laughs> so but it's a pretty rare color though i think for that for that lineup, though, because that's the only bronzy, coppery one I've ever can recall seeing, but because um, it kind of really stood out, you know, when you see it coming down the road, it's not white or black or red like you see so many other Mustangs, but this one was bronze yeah. and it looked pretty good. And then I saw a, a pair, actually, they were probably buddies, I'm sure, 251 Chevy four doors uh, driving together. And uh, 51? 51s, yeah. So you don't see those too often. You see the Tri Fives yeah. all the time, but the 51s stand out because they're more slab sided and they're just bigger and, and more bulbous. And they were mildly resto modded. I don't think they were completely rest them out of they look like they might have been lowered a little bit but uh there were two of them driving along they look cool because uh you know that's a big car and it's always it's nice to see when you when you realize that somebody's out there driving with his his buddy his or her buddy uh you know following them or somebody else is in the lead or whatever it's always nice to see that so it's just been a it's been a relatively uh fulfilling you know car show so to speak on the roads uh over the the weekends when the night weather has been uh, been happening and have you had your viper out uh, for the season yet have you done the memorial the the inaugural cranking over of the engine for the springtime uh, after its winter slumber have it, how's that going yeah so so i want to jump into things we've seen on the road uh, but i will answer your question so yeah I, I had the viper out this weekend which is actually the first i think that back the second driving day of this year wow which to me i think that this is not a good 
year for because it's been in Illinois it's been terribly raining yeah um as well as to your point there's very few days you get the opportunity to go out but uh, uh in that weekend um I ended up seeing two kind of interesting things one was a uh, apparently number five Batmobile okay and yeah you're all up on the, the how many of them there are and how how did you know it was number five other than the big well, five yeah. painted on the side <laughs> well no it, there's a letter from George Garris that says it's number five when this person bought it okay but, and it and uh, we're talking about having it quote unquote gone through which means you know make sure all the bells and whistles work sure uh, to the best of their abilities before we put it out on the road but then hopefully I'm gonna get a chance to drive it. And I know that that just makes your day, your year, right? That, well, yeah, that's <laughs> the kind of thing where driving down, you know, Route 88 with uh, the Batmobile will be right up my alley. So that'll be uh And you have the Batmobile, year. you have the Bat t-shirt, right? Didn't you order one of those? I sent you a link a couple yeah, months yeah, back. You, so you sent me a link. You're <laughs> you very, very conscious of my problem, my issues. <laughs> well, actually, our, our man in the field, Roger Rexroad, sent me the link, and then I sent you the link. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a combined effort here at the Car Guys report <laughs> right. we're, we're all we're all in it together to, to to help each other that's perfect but uh yeah so that's uh that's great stuff there um so so that said um that was fun then uh uh the car that caught my attention was the first in illinois c8 that i actually walked around oh okay cool the owner and got a chance to ask him detailed questions about is this are these rims stock? Are these rims aftermarket? Mm-hmm. Are these rims, you know, factory upgrades? And he went around and all. So I think the most unique thing about the car right off the bat that I saw was, I, you know, usually your reverse lights, like right by your rear, rear uh, license plate yeah. or something like that, it was actually above the glass. Hmm. So almost like a... Um, uh, say, you know, when you hit the brakes and you've got that little safety. Yeah, yeah the third. It was almost, yeah, it was the third uh, brake light, let's call it. It was all the way on top of the glass uh, above the engine compartment, so almost basically part of the roof. I mean, wow. it clearly was part of the hatch, huh. but I didn't expect to see. That was the most unique thing I what, saw. What uh, color was the C8? White. It was white, white. okay. White with uh, black trimmings, we'll call it. He had the, the, the um, uh, you know, they have the carbon fiber packages and things like that. Do you still uh, like the blades? Because in our C8 episode, the two-parter we did a couple months back, you were saying that, that you liked the, I guess for better, the boomerang or the blade or whatever you want to call it on the side uh, behind the uh, doors, that you, you oh, like yeah. that styling piece the best. Does that translate in, in the real world when you see it? Do you like it still? Yeah, well, I've seen now three of them. Okay. And, you know, the, the first thing I'll tell you, this is my impression, and, and from the impression of other people I've talked to, their appreciation for the car, and I say this lovingly, is they said it doesn't look like a Corvette, it looks like a Ferrari. Of course. Well, that's <laughs> a mid-engine car. It's going to not look like what a regular Corvette, you know, has looked like for the last right. 60 so, years. So Now, I will share this. The guy who had it, and I'm hoping to have him on the channel at some point, had also a 2017 ZL1 convertible, which is the bad boy with the big wing on the back, and the hood opens up, and it actually opens up. It looks like an upside-down U because the center section is still clamped onto the the engine. Okay, yeah. Uh, You know, and then he had uh, uh, a Grand Sport, like a 2000... 10 Grand Sports. So, I mean, he was really a Corvette. And he said, he goes, I just love driving this C8. Really? Yeah, he said, I, you know, I've got this one, I've got this one. He says, but he says, I just can't stop not wanting to drive it. Interesting. And and obviously, he's a dyed-in-the-wool Corvette guy, so he's one of the ones that are embracing the the change. Yeah, his name's Tom, and uh, I'm really looking forward to connecting with him and uh, getting him on the the, the YouTube channel. Did you I drive think. it or at least hear it or ride in it? Or? Um, I heard it. I didn't drive in it, and I didn't um, I didn't drive it. Okay. So I didn't get a ride, and I didn't drive. But uh, How did it sound? 
Um, it sounds, yeah, you know, I, just, it, 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 I, I never thought the sound was going to not sound good. So to answer your question. Well, it's hard uh, to it's not make good. a V8 sound good. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, I, yeah, almost every factory Corvette that I've heard sounds good. I mean, certain cars, just in my opinion, they do them right. I don't care what year Corvette you have. I've always said this before. I think everyone looks good. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I don't think some look better than others. But I think every single version of the Corvette, C1 through C8, I think they've styled it well. I think it looks good. I think it's, you know, a, a great-looking car. Mm-hmm. I think they, and I've said this before, I think they've done the same thing with the Viper. Uh, I don't think there's a bad generation of the Viper. There are some Mustangs that uh, um, I think are more desirable than other Mustangs. I don't think every Mustang, you know, specifically – um, we're going off in a little bit of a tangent here, but um, well, that's that we do I, that from time to time here. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I understand what you're saying, and I know that you have so you, you have two, echoed those sentiments before. So yeah, so those were two fun cars that I thought were, you know, a Batmobile and uh, and a C8. It's interesting because our because you've seen three C8s now. Our man in the field, Roger, has seen uh, a handful too on the road. I have yet to see one on the road, so I keep seeing C7s everywhere. <laughs> I literally, I mean, like not uh, along with that track car that I saw on the road. I think that same day I saw probably three or four other late model Corvettes, and it seemed like they were all C7. So I'm still waiting to see the C8 in, in the flesh and then make a final uh, judgment on whether I can accept the uh, changes or not. But I'm glad to see that, uh, you know, you're embracing it, and I'm sure that you're looking forward to, you know, getting one on the channel, as as a lot of people are. And when you do, I'm sure it'll be a big hit. So if you put that on the guessing game, we'll see. <laughs> I'll probably say, well, yeah, come on, that has to be number one. <laughs> We'll see if it's we'll see if it's a gut or a stud, right? <laughs> exactly. If you like what you hear on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, and we certainly hope that you do, be sure to tell a friend about our program. It's available online at radiomisfits.com. You can follow us at Park uh, Car Guys Podcast on Twitter, and of course, our email inbox is always open, and it's been uh, busy lately too. Car Guys Report at hotmail.com carguysreport at hotmail.com send your kudos your complaints your suggestions your uh, praise whatever you want send us an email at carguysreport at hotmail.com certainly would appreciate it mark vernon along with luke Hossible, this is the car guys report informed automotive and we always uh, want to talk about things that uh, we've seen online here and there. And I kind of titled uh, this uh, segment, uh, Lou, EV Hype and Vaporware from General Motors. Let's wait and see. Uh, the reason I said uh, vaporware is because a lot of times, uh, obviously, that's a, a term from the uh, computer software industry where they always promise these great things and then you never actually see something that that comes to fruition but general motors of course with the with the pandemic happening worldwide a lot of the car manufacturers have kind of pulled back or or there's some uncertainty going on with some of their plans and this was announced right about the time when when the uh the this worldwide situation started but we'll have to wait and see what happens but general motors has announced that they will be offering 20 Two zero, which is a lot. Twenty new electric vehicles for sale by the year twenty twenty three, which is only three years away. And if you, I, I never like the term "do the math," but if you do the math, that's like you know over six new EVs a year for the next three years, according to um, General Motors. Uh, they said that they're targeting a million electric vehicles a year between China and the U.S. in within a five year period, and they're going to spend twenty billion dollars between now and 2025 on EV development. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Of course, the only full electric vehicle they have right now is the Chevy Bolt. Um, The uh, plug-in hybrid, the Chevy Volt, has been discontinued. So we keep hearing about electric pickups, of course, with Tesla, and, you know, Ford has been talking about having electric pickup. Then there's these startups like Rivian, Rivian, 
Of course, General Motors has to get in the game, too. But just uh, a, a quick overview of the uh, plans that GM has for the electric vehicles. They say they're going to have a new version of the Chevy Bolt that will launch later this year. That would be later in 2020. Then they say they're going to have a 2022 Chevrolet Bolt electric utility vehicle launching in about a year and a half. And it uh, says that that vehicle will be the first vehicle outside of Cadillac to offer hands-free driving vehicles via their Super Cruise technology, which, Lou, I know that you're a big fan of because you have experienced the Cadillac Super Cruise in uh, person. Um, a couple other things that they're talking about. They're uh, talking about a, uh, a uh, Cruise Origin. That's the name of the vehicle, a self-driving electric vehicle that's being planned on being built in Detroit. Cadillac is going to reveal uh, a Lyric, L-Y-R-I-Q, Lyric electric uh, SUV um, sometime in the next year or so. And then, of course, we've heard about the uh, GMC Hummer electric vehicle that is supposed to start production in about a year and a half. And they're also saying uh, in this news release that Cadillac, their entire lineup, could be electric uh, by uh, the decade of 2030. And, uh, of course, that Cadillac Lyric SUV is going to be the beginning of that. So we'll have to see what happens there. And, of course, as we've talked about before on the Car Guys Report, um, battery technology, a lot of this, uh, a lot of these EV plans hinge on battery technology. And GM engineers have invented what they call the Ultium battery. They're supposed to have 60% more capacity for power than current batteries used in the Chevrolet Bolt. And they're also, and this is what's interesting, Interesting about the emerging battery technologies, Lou, is that they're called large format pouch style cells. And the uh, advantage to that is that they can be stacked either vertically or horizontally inside a battery pack. So that lets you scale them differently, fit into different designs instead of doing what they're calling the kind of like the skateboard now, where they basically have a platform and they have all the batteries mounted low. This is going to enable them to offer uh, different uh, configurations a lot easier because the batteries are just basically more flexible in their design. So that's going to be really interesting to see what happens but you know that there's got to be a lot of other companies working on um you know new battery technology so uh just some of the stuff that's going to hopefully come down the uh the pipeline from uh general motors in the next uh at least three years three to five years in the electric vehicle front so we'll have to uh, wait and see what happens i wanted to ask you a question lou i know that you don't do a lot of wrenching on your cars on your own but have you ever had any um experience with uh going to a junkyard and buying a you know a used part from a junkyard and then installing it on a vehicle that you own. Have you ever done that? Yes, many times. Well, before to that, I want to talk electric vehicle for just a second. Sure, yeah, jump in any time. You know, I know it's a little a little different being on the phone, but just jump in any time. Feel free to interrupt me well, at any time. Well, with the uh, well, thanks, Mark. The um, have you driven any electric vehicles? No, I haven't. Yeah, that's another thing I still haven't. I know you have, and I've got friends that have, and, and, and you know, they pretty much say the same thing, that, you know, the, the, the acceleration and the power is unbelievable. And the weirdest thing is the combination of that power with the quietness and the silence of the whole thing. Yeah, it, it's um, – um, I've, I've driven a Tesla, and, um, you know, the unique thing to me is the size of the – I know it's supposed to be an instrumentation panel. I'll call it a computer screen. Oh, yeah. TV, you know, TV. You the feel tablet like the, sitting in the center of the console. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's it's hard to not be focused on that. I mean, you know, it's it's like a giant telephone. But um, uh, on top of that – well, I don't even think they call them telephones anymore. Hand, handheld device would be a better use of term, I guess. But um, – uh, you know, I guess it's just like everything. You know, sooner or later, you you just uh, uh, you know convert and and move forward accordingly. So, uh, you know, if if that's where the direction companies are going to go, whether we like it or not, you know, whether we like to hear that V eight sound or not, you know, we're either going to hear it or not. So I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, not that how it's going to play out, but how we adjust to it. Those who like our combustible engines. Well, yeah, it's a, a topic that, you know, we've talked about a lot here on the uh, Car Guys Report, and I'm, I'm 
you know, I, I'm not against electric vehicles by any means. I'm rooting for Tesla and some of the other companies out there, but I don't want to see the internal combustion engine go uh, by the wayside anytime soon. And I've, I've seen headlines and articles here and there before that, that some of the major companies, I think it was like BMW or, or maybe Mercedes or somebody was saying that, you know, the, the internal combustion engine is far from dead and they still have tricks up their sleeves that they can do to continue to get, you know, lower emissions, more power, um, things like that out of out of the technology, which is fascinating because some of the things they're doing just right now, the power that they're getting out of, you know, small displacement engines via turbocharging and computer control and things like that, plus the uh, fuel efficiency and the and the lower emissions, um, it, it, you know, we'll have a convergence, I think, for, for a, a good amount of time. Where have you got that convergence where, you know, we're seeing the blending of, of – internal combustion engines and electric vehicles and then eventually at some point in the future it'll probably start diverting and you know maybe at 20 years from now or 30 years from now internal combustion will finally start tapering off and you know the evs will be taper you know coming back in all the way but we'll see you know it's just something that we like to talk about from time to time here and and um just the things that that they're you know the technology is moving forward and that's what what is exciting about it. Um, well, what what's what's going to change is is um, I'll give you an example. My 15 year old who now has his driver's permit, uh, he thinks the Tesla is awesome. Oh yeah, of course they do. Yeah, he thinks he thinks it's awesome. So what's going to happen is. We're just going to extinguish at one point, and they're just going to bring the electric vehicles in. Well, it's like when when the old farts like you and me, you know, yeah. get too old to drive or die off, then <laughs> the 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 youngsters like your son will take over, and yeah, they'll be driving nothing but EVs and 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 riding in automated vehicles. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. What kind of junkyard treasures did you find? Was that back in your your wild and crazy college days, or when was that? Well, it's- it was in my. It was in my. I can't afford real parts thing. Yeah. So I better go see if a junkyard has them. Um, so we're talking. For me, it was the '70s, uh, which, by the way, I found back then it seemed like junkyards were something you were eligible to walk through. Yeah, you can I still do that. Yeah, I did more liability issues now, but there are. There, you know, there's some that you pick your part where you go and you you take your toolbox with you. And but I, they were definitely though. You're right. They're definitely more prevalent. I think back 30, 40 years ago. So um, yeah, no, I would uh, I would usually try to pick up either a things I've mashed on my car, like a grill or a bumper, or the opposite would be, hey, there's a um, upgrade. Let's just say mm-hmm. there was a you know side view mirror that I didn't have. Yeah, like an option to, that you didn't have on your car. Yeah, and I would say, oh, this guy's got the optional. Um, sometimes it was things that were pretty cool, like uh, seats. You know, I would have a uh, grandma style bench seat and uh, all of a sudden I saw some cool buckets with a console or something like that and I was like that's pretty you know that that's that's nice so you know those were usually the things that I would go uh, trailing for in a um, junkyard and did you have pretty good luck overall with with your fines because I know you know you come up and you kind of barter with them like you know I'll give you 20 bucks for this and and you know you walk away with with a part that you're not exactly sure if it's going to work or not because a lot of the junkyards have changed I mean they have inventories now they had they're all they're all networked with each other so they can source parts much easier and some of them are you know they're when they're taking parts off a brand new car that's been totaled, but there's a lot of good parts left, they basically are saying that, you know, this part will work. It's not just, you know, we can't guarantee it, but then there's still the old school places where you've got a bunch of cars stacked on top of each other and they've been out there for, you know, who knows how long in the weather and you're wrenching on it to get, you know, whatever part you want and you're just, you know, 20 bucks, we'll see what happens. So, did you have yes. good luck with the stuff you put on then? Did it yeah, work? Yeah, you know, I and two, two things. One, I, I never really had a problem haggling with the guys. I always, for some reason, felt their prices seemed to be pretty fair. You know, I at least in the junkyard, uh, you know, a couple of them I would go to Victory Auto Records, and I'm just trying to think there was probably one on North Avenue I'd go to in, in Illinois. Um, but I didn't, you know, have, uh, didn't have a problem, you know, with their prices at all. Um, and, yeah, I mean, everything – Every, I, I think you know I was matching kind of apples to apples. So when I was pulling a, a you know set of seats out of a 70s 
72 Ford Galaxy, I, you know, or, or, or here's a good example. I had a Ford Galaxy, and there were things like the LTD, which was the upgraded version of it. The limited. So, yeah, so I knew that the body panels and things would all snap together. Yeah. So I guess it was just a matter. So I didn't. I, I wasn't adventurous like, okay, there's a 426 Hemi and, you know, sitting there. I'm going to pull that thing out and put it in I'm my gonna, car. Yeah, I'm going to pull that thing out and, and throw it in, you know, this Volkswagen bug, you know. So I, I never had the uh, creative genius or abilities that I see some people with uh, real skills have. Yeah. I was always very low-level you know, this one looks like it'll fit on mine. I hope I can figure out how to unscrew it. Oh, it seemed like it came off pretty easily. Okay, I can put it together. So um, my level was low. My finding things were, you know, somewhat bolt-onable, snap-onable. Yeah. So it was pretty good for me. Yeah, I've I've had a mixed uh, a mixed experience. I haven't done it for many years, but uh, back uh, in the 80s with uh, when I was in my in, into my Saab phase, uh, there were a couple times when I had gotten some used parts. I remember I got a used heater core once, and that actually worked out okay, but that's the kind of part that you want to make sure it works and it doesn't leak before you put it in because, you know, as we all know, heater cores are a pain in the butt to replace because they're buried up under the dashboard. Um, um, and I think there was other miscellaneous parts I, I I have bought here and there. And the thing is that it just seems like sometimes the parts are just not really in the best of condition. And you're just, you know, you're sure you're not paying a lot for them. And as long as it's not a part that's really hard to, to replace on your car, like, you know, I gave the example of the heater core. If it's something just like an alternator or something on top of the engine that you can basically, like you just said, unbolt and bolt back on, then it's fine. And the reason I bring this up is because uh, Ezra Dyer, who's a columnist for car and driver had a uh, editorial a couple months back uh and he just started talking about uh his recent experience with junkyards he said they had a friend that had a, a 2002 nissan xterra which was their um kind of more rugged uh four-door suv they actually have a pretty good following um because it was a body on uh body on frame vehicle and 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 you know kind of a, a car that developed its own cult following and he said that his friend got an estimate to replace the supercharger because they did make a, a version with a supercharged v6 for seventy two hundred dollars from the dealer and he said you know there's no way this car's not even worth seven grand so what are you going to do so yeah. um what um you know, there, there are a couple things they could do. They could either just junk the car or not sell it. And he, and he said that. But back in 2002, the Eaton M62 supercharger didn't exactly turn the Nissan 3.3-liter V6 into a tower of power. But if you take it off or it stops working, I don't know if what goes bad in the uh, in a supercharger, probably the bearings or something, you just can't drive it with, with dead blower because there's no power. So he said that uh, he went to a local junkyard. And um, he said the photos that they included with the uh, email was a shot of the engine bay where the Eaton sat proudly and promising its belt intact. So he was thinking, okay, well, if the drive belt's on the supercharge, supercharger inside the junkyard, maybe it's, it's okay. So he uh, went to the junkyard, uh, visited it, and it says here um, the, he discovered that this particular supercharger that he was getting ready to remove was already on its second go-around. So someone actually had already replaced the original supercharger in the vehicle he was taking this supercharger off of because he said its flank was marked with grease pencil from another junkyard. Its base flecked with the same kind of DIY silicone gasket that I plan to use on his friend's truck. And he said, that's the peril of scavenging. The thing that's wrong with your car was probably also wrong with the one that got scrapped. So that it kind of makes sense. In, in this case, that wasn't the case because the supercharger was okay. But he said the pulley at the snout spun freely, so he paid a hundred bucks and hoped that uh, the supercharger would work. And he installed it in his friend's car, and it worked. So for a hundred bucks versus seventy two hundred dollars at the dealer, sure it's a used supercharger. How long will it last? But it's going on a car that's eighteen years old already. So if you get another couple years out of it, you're probably okay. So in, in his in his experience, he had a, he had a good. Uh, a good run but he said here the lesson here is simple the next time a dealer hits you with a huge bill maybe try a visit to a junkyard instead so um 
just, you know, I don't know if it's words to the wise or whatever, but I just found that interesting because I hadn't seen or really heard of, of anyone visiting a junkyard uh, like he did where you're actually going out there and pulling your parts and hoping it's going to work. So it's good that he had a good experience and maybe it will inspire some of our listeners if they're having some unique problems with a car and they don't want to spend big bucks, head out to a junkyard and try your luck with everything. we got to take a quick break. There's somebody at the door here at the uh, Car Guys Report uh, studios. We'll uh, answer the door and come back in just a minute. Hey, and friends here, and I think you should listen to us. Why's that? Well, personally, I like dragging us down rabbit holes that have little to do with the conversation at hand. Yeah, you do that all the time. I think you're a professional at it. I'd like to be. I think that's my ideal job. Just to be the tangent man. How do you guys feel about peeing on a bus? <laughs> all that on And Friends, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radio Misfits? Dot com. <clears throat> a lot of anchors do that. <clears throat> <clears throat> Yeah, it's a thing. Are you ready? Ah, boy. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Let's do it again. What? That was good. No, we messed it all up. What's wrong? What? How? It was going good, and then it went south. No, it didn't. Well, if that went south, see what happens now. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Back to you on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. I need an agent. And we're back here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon along with uh, Lou Costable. We've uh, had uh, a great time talking about uh, varied topics, as usual, here on this episode of the Car Guys Report. And we're at the point in the show uh, where we like to always talk about a car that was recently sold or first sale uh, spotted online, whether it's Hemmings or Bring a Trailer. And uh, Lou, this has always been one of my uh, favorite BMWs, the classic, the BMW 2002, a great uh, small three-box sedan that kind of put BMW... In a way, it kind of put BMW on the map here in, in the U.S. in the early 70s, uh, a sporty, compact, uh, very cool-looking car. And they had a version called the 2002 TII, which was fuel-injected, uh, a little bit more sporty version. And this one comes from Bring a Trailer. It was a Eurospec 72 BMW 2002 TII. So it was a uh, Italian market example. The car had been restored, uh, showing 17,000 miles. Whether that's that's a real uh, accurate mileage or not, uh, you don't know. But it was painted a beautiful shade of what they call Atlantic blue, just a beautiful blue color, black interior, restored, no rust, but. This thing, Lou, sold for on Bring a Trailer a hundred and two thousand dollars, which I don't. Wow. Yeah, I don't re- religiously track two thousand and two prices, but that's got to be some kind of a record for a for a TII. I mean, two hundred grand. I mean, that's just unbelievable because the car, it wasn't like it had some kind of racing provenance or it was owned by a celebrity or it was like one of five they made with a certain option or something like that. I mean, it was just a, a super clean example, but one hundred and two grand uh, for a for a 2002 TII 72. So I just thought that really caught my eye because it's like, wow, that is a heck of a lot of money because you can buy just a standard U.S. market 2002 every day of the year, probably not in the best condition, but you can buy them for as low as five, six grand, and you can get decent ones for maybe 10 to 12, and you can get nice ones for maybe 20, 25. So the price on this thing just shot through the roof, but that's the kind of stuff that you see sometimes on Bring a Trailer, just things that blow you away. Like sometimes you'll see stuff that... You know, why didn't that go for more money? Because, you know, the reserve wasn't met and, and the market has spoken. Or you see something like this, where I don't know if it was a bidding war or whatever, but somebody wanted it. Hundred and two grand for a for a seventy two BMW two thousand and two TII. But if uh, anyone that's listening has never gone to Bring a Trailer, de- definitely check them out. It's bringatrailer dot com. They always have over two hundred active auctions and some very uh, very cool stuff that goes uh, goes across the block there online. Anything from Euro spec, uh, very cool European cars to a lot of 
cool JDM Japanese domestic market vehicles. Some quirky stuff too. Every now and then, like last couple of months, they had a, a couple of things. I think it was called a Chrysler Snowcat, and it was basically it looked like a almost looked like a bicycle or a motorcycle, and it had a ski on the front, and it looked very narrow and had a track on the back. And that th- those things popped up on there, and they went for like four or five grand a piece. So it's just you never know what's going to show up there. But some very cool stuff, and we always want to um, give a little prop to to bring a trailer because if you're a car guy like you and me, uh, you'll definitely like what you see there. If you like what we're doing here, that is the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Be sure to check out some of the other programs that are available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like the uh, show Back to You. It's an Opie show, legendary. Show Chicago TV personalities Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville talk about life, travel, food, and long list, uh, what else? Things that uh, get under their skin. Plus, you never know when one of their many famous pals might stop by. The show is called Back to You. It's a Radio Misfits OPI show. You can check it out online wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And you also just head on over to RadioMisfits.com and find Back to You right there. And of course, that's where you'll find our program. Uh, This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon. Lou Costable is uh, with me as usual. And this is another one of these lists, Lou, where you're probably going to be scratching your head or pulling your hair out because it seems like every time I bring up a list on the program, it's always incomplete in some way or some way where you're thinking like, what the heck were they thinking? Why? How could they leave that off the, the list? But this is this is a list that came out from Road and Track. So at least they're, you know, pretty legitimate as far as uh, sources for some of the lists that I procure online but uh, they said cars to obsess over in 2020 and i said obsessing really eh, that's a little strong uh of a of a term but i said pick your best one lou so right at the top is the one of the cars that we just uh talked about at the top of the show the uh, corvette c8 and my comments were a no-brainer on that because of course you know who doesn't want to maybe obsess or go gaga over a, a c8 uh, in 2020 uh, one that I agreed with strongly was the Porsche Ty- uh, Taycan, which is their all-electric vehicle. Uh, they're starting to roll out. Uh, I believe I saw one on the road uh, a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't 100% positive because it, it was uh, just a front-end shot real quickly going by in the opposite direction, but it looked like it could have been a Taycan. Taycan. The Audi RS7, which is their uh, super sport version of their uh, A7 car, I said just okay. It's cool but pricey because the thing tops out at or even starts at like 120 grand uh here's one for you lou the dodge charger hellcat wide body so what they've done and and you almost need a flow chart to keep track of all the different uh hellcat charger demon um challenger variations that uh that uh fca is bringing out these days this is the dodge charger hellcat but the wide body kit that they were putting on the challenger so i have it written down as a badass four-door and it does look pretty cool i you know i'm not a big four-door guy but i always thought that the the dodge charger hellcat is actually a pretty pretty cool car and with the wide body kit on it it really it really looks looks pretty cool. So I would definitely agree with that's a, a car to kind of lust after this year. Are you familiar with the Polestar brand from Volvo, Lou? Are you Have you been keeping up with what they're doing? I have, uh, I'm not familiar with that. Polestar is basically Volvo's um, sport uh, version, kind of like, you know, Quattro is to Audi and AMG is to uh, Mercedes-Benz okay. and M is to okay. BMW. But the Polestar is strictly uh, i think every car that polestar brings out either is going to be some sort of hybrid with electrification or a pure electric at some point but the polestar one is just a beautiful uh two-door coupe it's a hybrid beautiful car they're already sold out because they only brought i think like 100 allocated something like 150 or 200 for the u.s market um but it's a very i wrote down super cool but super expensive and super exclusive super exclusive is cool but super expensive i think it's it's like 150 grand so yeah it's already sold out 150 thousand dollars but a neat car so if you, you get a chance to see one of those lou if you ever get a chance to to get that on the channel my car story with lou on youtube definitely jump at the chance because 
I think you'll be uh, you'll be excited about it. Uh, another one for Lou: the Ford Mustang Shelby GT five hundred on on road and tracks uh, obsessing cars uh cars to obsess over in 2020 the 2020 porsche 911 i said nice but not as not obsessive to me i mean i've already i've already got a 911 even though it's nine years old but uh the 2021 is it, it's a good car but i don't think it's something to really obsess over the jeep gladiator which is their uh, pickup truck version i said okay that's not really a obsessing uh worthy car uh my pick on this uh list here, Lou, is a car that I think you had uh, taped, or a very close variation that you had uh, grabbed on your channel, the uh, Mercedes-Benz AMG GTR Pro, and that's the one that you had. I don't know if yours was a Pro, but it was a GTR Sport, at least, or something, or the one no, with the... It was, it, was, it was the Pro. It was the Pro. Okay, see, there you go. See, I mean, that's what's great about, about Lou, ladies and gentlemen. You, you think that just when you think he doesn't have the car that you want to see on the channel, he's got the car on the channel. And that's the one that you were talking about, just that super badass look in front with that grill. And Just when you think Lou has disappointed you. Exactly. That maybe he has it. Exactly. <laughs> so that's my pick on this list, because I think that is a pretty pretty rad car. I, I, I mean, it's... Did you do an? You know, I, 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 I'm sorry I have not seen that video yet. Did you do an engine on that? Oh, yeah. And it sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Oh, it sounds great. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, uh, I think the most unique thing of that car is when you think of Mercedes, you think of sporty, but you're not overwhelmed. Like yeah. When you think Corvette, there's an overwhelming, you know, just your mind goes overwhelming. When you think Mercedes, you don't go overwhelming. The front end of that car looks like a snowplow. It's yeah. so much, uh, yeah, you know, you're almost. You have to do a double take. You're like, it almost looks like a Mercedes Benz that got punched in the mouth or something. Well, it's, it's toothy. It's got that big vertical bar grill, yeah. and it's you know this yeah. big maw that looks at you like this big round thing. It's like, yeah, it's just ready to eat you alive, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you look at it in your rearview mirror, you're almost like a dog's chasing you. Yeah. Like, okay, let me get the heck out of the way. Exactly, you know, so exactly. Up. And not just a dog, like a pit bull, you know, snarling it, baring its teeth at you. That's exactly, exactly. what it's like, yeah. Two more cars and on... That's, and, and Mark, yeah. that's why we like it. Exactly. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's amazing. It really is. Two more cars on this list. The uh, and This one, actually, the Porsche Cayman 718 GT4 which is a car that has been getting just unbelievable reviews because it's it's taking everything the Cayman is but but juicing it up but it's getting very close to base 911 pricing cuz a base 911 now is like 100 grand and i think this Cayman GT4 is mid 80s or something and that's like the base price for that car and as we all know especially if you're a listener to the program on a regular basis you know that We've talked about this before. Um, Porsche, especially a lot of the German brands, with Porsche especially, everything costs extra on a Porsche. I mean, you want color keyed uh, seat belt? Sure, they can do that, but that'll be another thousand dollars. You want, you know, your key fob to match your leather and seat? Sure, we'll do that. That's six hundred bucks. And you know, once you get a, a car specked out the way you want it. Um, you know, you're going to be looking at a hundred thousand pretty quickly, but it is a great car, but pricey. And then the last one on their list, road and track Bentley's continental GT V eight, a nice car. But since I've owned a Bentley once, even though it doesn't compare to the, the modern Bentley's, I just think it's not worth the price. Um, I just kind of think they're overrated on the used market. If you get them at the right price, they can be fun. But uh, new, you just look at just major, major depreciation. And anytime you're you're going to lay out one hundred and fifty thousand, two hundred thousand and above on a car, brand new, you're just going to get major depreciation on it. So if you have that much money to throw around, great. But um, you know, for most people. It's just something that wouldn't be in the uh, in the cards, but uh, on that list, Lou, I'd I'd say what are you, what were your picks? The C eight uh, basically would be the the one that you'd be looking at the most, or well, well, one that wasn't on the list that I think may never be on the list, but we hope it's going to sooner or later be on the list is the Bronco. We keep hearing about the Bronco. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, we keep hearing we about it. it. <laughs> Where is it? But, 
Yeah, so the Bronco uh, was coming back, and then, you know, now it's not for a moment. And, uh, you know, we're going to produce it. Now we're not going to, you know, and we've been hearing this since 2018. So I think the most anticipated vehicle that hasn't been there is the Ford Bronco. Um, now that the C8's out of the way, because that was the most anticipated vehicle for years, and that one's finally right. here. So, yeah, the, the Bronco is definitely a... That, and they're going to make variations on that, too. I think I've seen spy shots of, of both a two-door and a four-door version of it, and I just hope they don't water it down too much, because it's got the... It's got rounded like fender wells on it, and it looks okay, but again, I'll have to see that in, you know more detail i guess when it's officially unveiled because they keep teasing us here and there but nobody is is saying you know what exactly it's going to look like maybe it doesn't have round maybe i'm thinking of something else that has rounded fender wells because that wouldn't make sense because the bronco really never had rounded fender wells not the original version did it had more kind of squared off ones but um well i i think um to the corvette's credit you know this was anticipated talked about and did not miss the delivery, meaning when the, when it was finally delivered, uh, just like this gentleman I talked about, Tom, earlier, who has one and has last year's biggest, baddest Corvette, that, you know, I just can't stop driving the car. So, I mean, for a guy like, like that who knows, owns, pays for these cars to be that excited about it, to me, that's a, that's a total win. Of course so it is, yeah. I think... I think the thing with the Bronco, though, is they've been talking about it so long, 2018, 2019, 2020, now we're halfway through, that, you you know, it just looks, from everything I've seen, you know, spy shots, whatever, car and driver, this, you know, here it is all in the, you know, scan type looking thing. It's starting to become disappointing. Yeah, it's starting. It's starting to become like I don't think you're going to meet the hype. I think you're going to get basically, in, you know, maybe a cushier Jeep feel, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, so what? You know, so I mean, will it sell out? Yeah, probably, but uh, just like most Jeeps do. But um, I, I think the hype is going to be very quick and very slow. Or, yeah. or excuse me. Very quick and then over very quick. Yeah. Meaning, okay, Broncos here. All right. So yawn. <laughs> yeah. No, that those are good points because sometimes you can kind of milk milk something for a really long time, thinking you're going to keep that interest level up, and then it's kind of you know dead on arrival, so to speak, when it finally does come out. So especially if they don't, especially if they water it down or, or mess with it too much, because I, I've seen a couple of pictures online and they looked okay, uh, but then I thought I. I'm pretty sure I'd seen some other ones that didn't really do much for me. So, again, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But have you seen one of those wide bodies in the flesh, either a Challenger or the Dodge Charger wide bodies? I've seen the Demon. And the Demon, and the Demon has the wide body on it then, right? Yeah, the Demon okay. has a wide body. I think that if, um, I want to say both pieces. First, I have not seen a Challenger. Uh, or, excuse me. Because they make a Charger. A ch- but they make a Challenger wide body though too, don't they? That's not a Demon. Yeah. 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 They make a Challenger wide body now. After the Demon came yeah. out, they added that. Like you know, hey, you know, it seems like people kind of like the wide body. Yeah. Um, yeah, the wide body looks cool. I mean, you know, so there's no doubt the Demon looks cool. I, I like the fact that it's uh, even though it's a slight differentiator than the other car. You know, the fact that the fenders are a little wider uh, because of the the the, you know, I'll call it bolt-on, you know, plastic yeah. pieces or whatever. That's really all it is, but. but. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, but trying to give it a different look than the other one so it's quickly distinguishable. I, you know, I mean, uh, uh, I'm going to say two things here. I like the Charger, but I don't love the Charger. Yeah. I mean, because it's a four-door, I don't fall over myself going, oh, my God. Well, that's me, too. The style is so great. I think the wide body look looks good, though, on the four-door. Because it, you know, I've always liked big four door sedans. I mean, I, you know, like the big Mercedes S class, and then if you get like the AMG versions of them, they just, you know, they just look cool. And and with a wide body kit on a Charger, I think that's a, I think that's a great move. Well, it's a good, it's a good move. It's not going to be a bad move. It's like, it's going to make it look better. Um, but you know, I mean, I love the Demon. I like the Charger. Uh, would I buy a Charger? Probably not. Yeah. Would I buy a Demon if I could? You know. <laughs> so I mean, uh, um, 
I, I think it's just all, you know, personal taste. And, um, you know, the, the Charger, I, I can't get it out of my head that it seems like it's almost the family sedan mm-hmm. that you're now trying to turn into this beast. And That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what well, it is. Well, but we've been doing this for years, right? We did it with the, the Ford SHO. Uh, you know, was a tourist, and all of a sudden we're beefing it up. We've done it with the Marauder, which is back in the 90s. Yeah, the, the Impala SS from 94. The Impala SS. Or 96, yeah. Which was a taxi. We decided yeah. to paint all black. And, and then, drop you know, an LT1 into it. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I mean... Um, Car companies have been doing this. This isn't this isn't a new move, but every one of those cars we just mentioned, um, again, from a performance standpoint, sure. How can you not like it? You know, if you're if I was behind the wheel, would it make me smile? Yes, absolutely. Um, what I love, you know, Dustin, somebody who's you know got an older Corvette with your four door. Yes, I would absolutely love dusting <laughs> someone in, in, in that. However. If I had the choice between the equivalent two-door, meaning if I had the choice between the Demon or the Challenger, uh, excuse me, the Charger, I would go for the Demon just because, you know, I like the two-door styling. It makes me feel sports car with a sports engine. I, I just feel better in that combination. Yeah, no, I am too. I mean, like I said, I, I've I've always had a had an affinity, I should say, for you know, big four-door. European sedans, although I, I, I don't own any. I The closest I had was my Jaguar XJ12 that I had for a couple of years. Um, but I'm, I'm really not a four-door guy, and that's one reason why I got rid of the Jaguar. I thought maybe I wanted a four-door, one four-door in my collection, and... I just I'm just a two door guy, and yeah. I, you know if yeah. someone I, gave me a, a, a wide body charger, I'd, I'd take it, but I wouldn't go yeah. out and spend so the you, eighty grand or whatever they cost. Yeah, my point is this: you scratch that itch, and you realize you're better now. Yeah. So you, you know you had that ointment, you put the cream on, you realize okay, I'm better. I'm going back to who I was. I like that analogy. <laughs> I put the gold bond on, and my my uh, affinity for the four door went away. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> we would like for you to stay home and keep listening to the Opie shows here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is certainly one of those shows. You'll be saving the world, and also, please make sure to remember to wash your hands. Lou, uh, one of the other uh, things I wanted to cover in today's show before we get to the uh, My Car Story with Lou guessing game is the demise of the Australian brand Holden. Uh, I don't know how much you know about uh, this actually fairly storied um, Australian brand other than some of the cars that they brought over here via GM and that were rebadged as GM cars. But are you familiar uh, with Holden as a company? And we're not talking about the no. actor William Holden. We're talking about the company. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Jump okay. No, it's, it's a very, very interesting um, car. Because, you know, they, we do have a, a nice listenership in Australia, too, by the way. And I wanted to thank all our listeners anywhere you are uh, domestically or internationally for listening to our show. We certainly do appreciate um, our uh, audience and our fans down in Australia, too. Certainly do appreciate that. Uh, General Motors um, owned uh, Holden. Um, the domestic production, now this is something I didn't know. They The actual domestic production of Holden's ended in 2017, and since then they've been relying on rebadged imports, but then GM just decided to pull the plug completely. They're going to be totally gone by the end of 2021. And basically, uh, the timeline, uh, Reader's Digest version of the timeline for Holden was it was a company originally founded in 1856 as a saddle maker down in Australia. They were bought by General Motors in 1931 one as a body supplier and then they basically started building cars on their own in 1948 the first holden produced car was the model 48-215 in 1960 they launched the model ek which was an el camino version they're known for their um 
El Camino, their love of El Camino type cars down in uh, Australia, and Holden was definitely uh, a major supplier of those. In 1963, they came out with an EH model, which was a smaller version of the EK El Camino styled car. And my notes say some very cool cars over the years, some based on GM models, others were Holden's own design, and uh, the recently rebadged cars, they were rebadging things from a Susu, Toyota, and Suzuki over the years. But the two cars that... The, the two I, I want to jump in for, sure. for just a second. Go ahead. No, you're in the middle of a thought. Okay, I was just going to say that the, the cars that we know here as uh, Holden's was the Pontiac GTO that was relaunched in the early 2000s. That, yeah, that was, the, that was called the, the Holden Monaro in the home market, but it was a Pontiac GTO here. And then the uh, Pontiac G8 in the latter part of the 2000s, like 2008, 2009, that was a Holden based on the Commodore. And then the most recent one was about five years ago, the GM, uh, the Chevy SS sedan, which was based again on the Commodore. And those, the, those three cars, I mean, they were gutsy cars. They had, they had awesome V8 engines in them. Uh, the Chevy SS sedan, you could actually get, I believe, I may be wrong on this, but I thought you could still get that with a manual transmission as well, which was kind of made that special. And a lot of the cars and coffees that we go to, Lou, Supercar Saturday or whatever, we'll see a lot of those um, Chevy SS sedans, but you can buy Holden badging online and people take off the Chevy badges and put the Holden uh, badges back on them because they just think it's cooler. So I think that's that's neat. But some cool cars and, and a lot of these things, like a G8, Pontiac G8, especially since that's an orphan brand now, and the Pontiac GTO, you can pick those cars up pretty darn cheap these days, and they're good cars, and they're fast, and they're cool looking. I mean, that that's really what I have to say. So it's a shame that, you know, another brand that GM owned is is has gone by the wayside. Well, to your point, I, now that you said Holden, it, it, uh, it was refreshing my memory that they had a GTO face, and let me define GTO like a 2006 GTO face with a El Camino back end. As soon as you started mentioning that, um, it was coming back. The synapses fired, and you remembered. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what he's I mean, we're both getting old here, Lou. So you know, we gotta we gotta do everything we can to fend off uh, fend off Alzheimer's. So <laughs> fend up a fend up a flare for Lou. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, but the short story is, yeah, I, I do re- remember seeing that car. I've never seen one in person. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it. it uh, it sounded pretty cool for sure. I agree with you. Yeah, and and you can definitely just go online and just you know type in Holden on Google, and you'll see a lot of the the stuff that they've produced over the years. But uh, it's just a shame because it's another you know storied brand. I mean, GM has killed so many brands over the years. I mean, they've killed Saab, they killed Saturn, they killed Hummer, they killed you know Oldsmobile, Pontiac. You know, it's just it's a shame when when you start adding up the carnage. But I just wanted to definitely uh, give a little bit of a backstory there and talk about. Holden briefly because uh, we definitely uh, will miss them and their contribution to the uh, automotive landscape, however brief it was here in the U.S., but down in Australia, I'm sure that they're uh, definitely going to be lamenting the loss of Holden uh, much more. When you uh, listen to the Car Guys Report on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, you can uh, find us just about anywhere. You can find the Car Guys Report by searching for Radio Misfits. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And when you do, please uh, take a moment to subscribe to us. You'll get an automatic push notification when there's new content, which is once a week. And also, we'd like to uh, get your uh, reviews as well. We've got a couple of nice uh, uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts, and we'd certainly like to uh, get a few more kind words sent our way. So if you'd like to do that, certainly would appreciate it. And remember, any Radio Misfits podcast that you uh, can find is totally free. And it's listening on your own terms, whether you're listening from your laptop, your desktop, your tablet, your phone. You can fast forward, rewind, replay, delete, go back and re-listen. You can do anything you want, anytime you want. It's listening on your own terms, and that's what 
podcasting is all about. And that's what we're all about here, too, on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable, we're at the point in the show, Lou, where we like to play what we call the My Car Story with Lou guessing game. Lou's got a very popular YouTube channel called My Car Story with Lou, over 1,500 videos, 70,000 subscribers and counting. And what we like to do here is uh, Lou will, well, why don't you uh, explain you you tend to explain it better, I think, than I do, Lou. So, so uh, have at it. So the guessing game is uh, of the almost fifteen hundred cars that are on the channel. Of course, I could video a car, and you could video a car, throw it up on YouTube, and we'll have completely different results. But for the channel that I have, my car story with Lou. If you go to YouTube, subscribe by the way, hit the bell, you'll be able to see all the cars when I load them, or go back and see the old ones. I like to take three cars that have been out for a little while, all in the same week. So in other words, it's a fair comparison, uh, and then determine, Mark will guess, which one has the most views of the three that I present to him. So one will come in first, one will come in second, one will come in third. That said, I start with the oldest model year first, and today's oldest model year is a 1962 Dodge Dart 330 station wagon drag car wow. in red, white, and blue, and that is uh, uh, car number one with engine sound. And now you're saying, as a, uh, let me go back here a minute, when you're saying it's a drag car, was that, so that wasn't a factory thing, was it somebody that something somebody made, or what? Yeah, somebody, somebody created this into making it okay. a modified, modified drag car with, uh, uh, I'll call it a Captain America theme to it. Okay. So... It's kind of a red, white, and blue has a flag down the side of it. Um, so that that's our that's our oldest of the three. The second oldest of the three is a 1963 Studebaker Lark Regal drag car. Wow, two drag cars huh. with a super with a but this one is factory and supercharged engine. So sure, because it's got that the V8 supercharged V8 that the Avanti would have had in it, probably. Yeah, so we've got two drag cars there. And, huh. of course, well, if we're talking these type of cars, let's go 1970 Plymouth Cuda in red with a 426 Hemi. So I think we've got three barn burners yeah. to choose from. And I will tell you this, the, the, the views are actually all pretty close. Okay. So there's no real winner here. And there's no real loser. Obviously, by numbers, there are winners and there are losers, but these all came in pretty close to each other. Well, I've been so, stinking it up lately on the, <laughs> the guessing game. I've been getting like one out of three. So, um, you know, I almost want to say, and this might be um, a bad move on my part, but I also almost want to say that I'll go in the order that you presented them to me because the station wagon, the, the concept of a station wagon drag car painted Captain America colors is so out there. It's got to, it's got to garner attention. And then the fact that you've got a Studebaker Lark, which I think is the car that Frances Bavier from Andy Griffith, she played Aunt B. I think she owned one of those. Not the drag car, but the stock version. So it's like an old lady's car. Yeah, <laughs> and then, and, and then the Cuda would be third. So I'll, I'll just go in the order you presented them to me and see see how wrong or right I am. So we're going one, two, three from sixty two to sixty three seventy. Yeah. Number one was the sixty three Lark and it, B's drag. Okay, car. all right. That was the, I was first. I was thinking right. that could have been number one, but I I just thought that the wagon might have been a little more well, odd. I like. I, you know, I, I liked your dragon wagon pick. I thought that was a good number one pick. So uh, although the uh, Lark supercharged engine had 4,956 huh. views, the second place was the Hemi Red Cooper. Wow, see, so I totally blew it. <laughs> at 74, 74, 30 views. And in last place was the dragon wagon, the dart wagon at 35, 39. Really? Now, yeah, but before, so about so almost 1,200 less. But with that said, um, you know, 3,500 to 5,000, granted there's a spread there, but, sure. uh, um, you know, th those are pretty close. It wasn't like one had 10,000 and one had 1,000 or something like that. So the next time we play this game, there will be a, a little bigger spread, and uh, we'll see how, we see how well that comes Well, up. you've been doing really good at stumping me. Well, I, again, I'm just, uh, I literally print out a sheet from a couple of months ago 
and you know just go down that list yeah. and just see see where they go. But yeah, it's uh, um, you know and and uh, just being factual, the cars are so unique on the channel. I mean, everything from a you know a '78 Ford Mustang Rally appearance package, which you know I don't know if that has tons, versus a '64 Pontiac Post Coupe, you know, first muscle car, you know, advertised as a muscle car, you know, to something like a '69 Mercury Cyclone to a '58 Bonneville to you know, I mean, it you know we're talking Hemi Cuda today, a Dragon Wagon. I mean, it's all over the board. It is. And that's what makes your channel so great because the variety yeah, is there. You never know it's, what it's the heck deep. You're find. It is deep. So if you haven't checked out uh, My Car Story with Lou on YouTube, do so because uh, you'll see and hear uh, those cars that uh, we talk about uh, every week here on the uh, Car Guys Report and many more as well. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, it's Old Car Wisdom plus a Dodge Stealth RT and much more. That's coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report. Informed Automotive, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, go for a drive with us here on the Car Guys Report. Mark Vernon along with Luke Costable thanking uh, special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is hippo spelled backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. And that would be radiomisfits.com. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of OPI Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Podcasting from Chicago, an OPI production for the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Lasano and Friends. When the guests receive a questionnaire, there's a bunch of questions on there. One now has been added this season is, what pronoun would you like to be known as? Totally. I have like non-binary friends and I'll find myself saying the word man and I'm like, I'm not even using it as like a pronoun. Right. It's yeah. just a filler word. Right. And I know that it means so much more to them, so I'm trying to like force it out. Right. But it's so embedded. It's like a pronoun I've yeah. used yeah. since I was a yeah. kid. Yeah. And I still fall back on it just being like, oh, hey man, what's going on? You know what I mean? To anybody. Yeah. Woman, man, yeah. trans, anybody. Yeah. And I always feel terrible yeah. about it no matter who I'm talking to because it's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> it's like a crutch. I've been like a South thing. and But I mean, the South thing would be better because you can just say y'all and then you're done. That's what <laughs> that covers everybody. No, that's, I just use y'all. Maybe the South is more progressive than we yeah. are, and we need to give them more sure. credit than they sure. get. Absolutely. Y'all is the best gender-neutral pronoun. <laughs> it really is. It hits the singular. Yep. It hits the plural. plural. Yep. It yeah. hits everybody. Yep. And it's got a little bit of character, too, because it's like, howdy, y'all. How you doing? Yeah. It's bipartisan. We're yeah. across the yeah. aisle. We have solved sexism <laughs> in this it. country. Now racisms. Maybe not the word y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to tell a friend about Lasano and Friends, which is available online at radiomisfits.com. Follow Losano Friends on Twitter. Radiomisfits.com. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we ask the Car Guys question, what kind of a driver are you? Plus, old car wisdoms that may or may not be true. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.